This is the Starseed Awakening Podcast. I'm your host, Monet Florence Combs. I'm a quantum healer and hypnosis teacher who helps people all over the world discover the galaxy within themselves. Join me on an intergalactic journey as we explore what it means to be human in a world where we are just beginning to understand that we are not alone. Hello, my star children. Today's podcast is going to be uh, consisting of many different topics because I've had this collection of different things that I've been wanting to talk about, but each one isn't really worth a full episode because it would be maybe 10 minutes long. So um, I'm just going to kind of smush them all together into one episode. I am finally maybe starting to get caught up in my in my life after this winter break. Um, it's been interesting trying to balance being a mother and also having a business and also uh, having many, many appointments every week for my health. So thank you for bearing with me as I'm trying to play catch up. If you've like messaged me or so, or emailed me recently and you haven't heard back from me, uh, that might be why I'm just haven't really had much free time lately. So, uh, you can always reach back out if there's something that, uh, you want to connect with me about, because I am always open to that and always looking to connect with all my wonderful star seeds out there. So, uh, oh yeah, so quantum hypnosis certification started last week and I'm having so much fun with that. It's so cool to see all the amazing people who found me and who were working with and interacting with everyone and getting to know everyone. It's just a really, really cool group of people. And I think I have done a good job calling the right people in because uh, everybody's just really amazing and has something interesting to bring to the table. I also have to celebrate my client, uh, Elizabeth. You, you, oh, you've probably, if you've listened to the Crystal episode, Crystals for Starseeds episode, um, she was on that episode. She is a crystal witch. She's amazing. She knows so much about crystals and is such a treasure treasure trove of information. Um, we ended up uh, working together as like I'm her her business coach, and she has a uh, an actual physical store locally called the Empress. You might have heard me talk about it, and she just opened up her new store because it was in this tiny little spot. But now she upgraded and took a big leap of faith. And it's so cool to see it paying off because she had her best day in sales ever since she opened the Empress about a year ago um, when she had her grand opening that I went to on Saturday. So very, very, very proud of her. And uh, if it, it, just in case anybody out there wants support, you know, in their business, I do work with uh, business clients one-on-one you know, if you're wanting support or you, you want growth, you need to work on kind of the inner work that is 
um, allowing you to kind of get in your own way, then that is something that I love working with people on. So uh, I also have business alchemy for starseeds too. And I'm adding another, I'm going to add another call to business alchemy because we were doing every other week uh, coaching calls. I'm going to add another one so that it's weekly. So if anybody wants to do that, that's $777 and you get to be in that group for life, which is pretty cool. What else? I am, I think, fingers crossed, I'm going to be doing a channeling, uh, year-long channeling course myself uh, with my favorite galactic channeler, uh, Lisa Royal, who I talk about all the time. I love her books. I just think she has, she's such a talented channeler and has so much wisdom. So I am excited. I might be one of the only Americans to do the course, but that is awesome. Uh, I'm really excited to kind of expand and learn uh, more about channeling. You know, I know the mechanics of it. People channel all the time in sessions, but being able to do that on demand without um, having to be put under hypnosis would be amazing. And then one day, hopefully I can teach others how to do it since, uh, you know, I've channeled spontaneously a few times, but it's like, how do I, how do I repeat that result? I'm not sure. I have no idea. I, what the main thing I want to talk about today is different uh, energetic signatures for different galactic civilizations, uh, because I don't think I've ever really talked about that in one episode, just to kind of help you understand maybe what your own star lineage is and the people around you. There are a couple other things I want to talk about before I jump into that, though. I figured I'd get a give a life update because I've had a couple people ask um, about how my treatments are going, my prolotherapy in Florida, which if you don't know what that is, I, I travel to Florida about once a month and get 70 injections in my neck of uh, platelet-rich plasma. So it's my own blood that they like spin out and then they put back in me in that one spot. And and that helps, uh, basically helps my ligaments get stronger in my neck. It stimulates a healing response. So I wanted to, yeah, tell you a little bit about that and some of the other things that I've been doing recently in my life, as far as my health goes, that have been helping me uh, just for, because I think all of you out there, you know, I think most people are struggling with something, whether it's mental health, physical health, uh, or stress or all of the above. And I think this is pretty applicable. So so uh, I've been I've done four prolotherapy treatments, and the lower half of my neck is responding. Uh, the upper half is not. I'm still super super unstable, and my neck is not wanting to curve, uh, because with it being straight, it is putting pressure and compressing my uh, vagus nerve on the left side as well as my jugular veins, which obviously is not a good thing. Uh, so they're trying to get the curve restored in my neck. And trying to get the instability, uh, basically my, my neck, my head is like super wobbly and that causes a lot of problems. Um, the rest of my body tries to compensate for that. So uh, working on that, since I do have a, now I know, a genetic connective tissue disorder. So uh, I can't 
synthesize collagen and I don't make collagen well. What I've learned is it's not that I can't make collagen. It's that it's like the recipe is wrong because the gene that that gives the recipe to your body of how to make collagen is like <laughs> missing a few steps or something. So uh, it so the fibers, the collagen fibers themselves are fine, but but they're just in a weird wonky pattern that makes them more um, loosey goosey, I guess. So that's what that's about. Um, oh yeah, and I I'll, I'll circle back to that. There's something I want to talk about regarding that here. Um, but so, yeah, so they're having me skip next month of Prolo and instead doing physical therapy, working, working all these other modalities to try to help get my body to do what it's supposed to do. Because the, the alternative is getting a spinal fusion, which is, uh, it's pretty, pretty gnarly. You, you take... They take off chunks of your bone in your pelvis and then they slice it up and then they put it in between your vertebrae and then nail it all together. And there can be a lot of complications and uh, it doesn't always turn out well. Sometimes it turns out worse. So doing everything I can to avoid doing that. But the reason why I'm talking about this is uh, I wanted to tell you about this new modality that I have been trying out for the past couple weeks that has been just completely amazing and, and actually ties into some of the stuff my past self uh, and other higher selves were telling me to do. So I'm all about, um, you know, I I think finding a balance between modern medicine and uh, more natural approaches because uh you know, I think, well, one of the kind of issues with humans that we really kind of need to be working through right now, I'm sure you will see this in yourself and others, is that we have this tendency to have like black or white thinking, right? It's like modern medicine is bad or modern medicine is good, but like there's no room for in between. I've talked about this before. Uh, and so I'm all about like finding modalities that have um, you know, science that are science backed that have evidence based modalities, right? I'm all about that. Um, and you know, as a doula, that's kind of what that's the whole point. It's like you you make decisions based off of evidence and your intuition, right? But if you're not informed, you don't know. So, and you're just kind of <laughs> making shots in the dark, right? So. Uh, there's this modality called red light therapy, which I ended up discovering. I kept, um, uh, something kept telling me like, go, there's this, uh, cryo, um, it's like technically, technically, I guess like a cryo spa or a cryo center, um, where cryotherapy is where you go in a, like a freezing cold chamber for three minutes and it does a bunch of good things for your body. I can't do it because I have POTS. Um, but they have something there called red light therapy and something kept telling me to go check it out. And then I kind of like, <laughs> I put two and two together and I don't know if you remember in the episode with uh, Queen Olympias, how her higher self said, you need to absorb more light. She just, like, if you listen back to the episode, one of the last things she said in the higher self portion, when she was, uh, my client was channeling her higher self, 
she said, you need to absorb more light. And I was like, that's weird. Uh, not, not a weird, not weird advice, but it's just, it was odd that she kind of, all of a sudden, you know, she was talking about uh, my client and then she kind of switched gears and started talking about me and told me to do that. And um, I put two and two together and I was like, oh, I should go check out this red light therapy. I saw, I, because I knew they had it at this cryo spa. And so I looked it up and I found all of this really interesting scientific uh, information about it, you know, studies that have been done on it. And it was actually created by NASA to help astronauts uh, to like keep their recovery going well when they're out in space. And, you know, um, it's, it's actually called photobiomodulation. So using different forms of light, you know, there's all different colors of light, but it's isolating red light in specific to target your body and stimulate uh, all these beneficial healing properties that helps your mitochondria function. <laughs> so uh, a byproduct of your mitochondria functioning well is that then they begin to produce collagen. And that is something that I need. So I was like, oh, okay, this is really interesting. It also has a lot of other benefits like improved sleep, improved mental health, things like that. Um, and so... I've been doing that for about two weeks, maybe, uh, doing it like every other day. And it has helped me so much, uh, tremendously, because it's helping my mental health a lot. Uh, sometimes I struggle with, I don't want to call it depression because I'm not depressed every day. It's more of like, uh, mood swings where some days I'm really low, some days I'm normal. Um, and I struggle with really poor sleep and, um, ADHD. And so doing this has actually really, really helped. Uh, I was on some medication, you know, like an antidepressant for a while. I was able to get off of that. Uh, and I'm actually feeling better than I felt in a long time. Um, it's very interesting. Another, another thing, this is maybe a little tangent, but this might, I feel like I should talk about this because it, it could help somebody out there. Um, I don't know if you've heard, uh, on this big health journey I've had, it's like, okay, trying to figure out what is going on and why, um, I learned about fluoroquinoline. Is that how you say it? I'm going to mess this up. Uh, the antibiotic Cipro, if you've heard of it, it's usually prescribed for, uh, one of the most common things is for, um, people of UTIs. And so I was prescribed Cipro several times in my life. And what I found out in doing all this research about EDS, uh, is that Cipro actually has a, there's a black box warning on this antibiotic from the FDA that if you have a, if you have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome like me, um, they should never, ever be prescribed it <laughs> because it can completely, it just, it destroys your collagen and your connective tissue. And so that was really eye opening, you know, and that's not, that's not like, uh, that's all proven. There are studies out there, scientific studies. You can look them up and see 
like the a tissue from a rat's uh, tendon, right? Like looking at it before and after Cipro, and it, it just demolishes it. Uh, so Cipro really shouldn't, it should be pulled from the market, <laughs> truly, because it can even, it can cause issues in people without EDS. But if you don't know you have EDS and you take it, it can completely screw up your mitochondria. Uh, so that's kind of my journey now is how do I make my mitochondria work for me? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I've had more improved energy with that, um, as well as using there's like a specific type of laser called a Aspen laser. It, it's like super, 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 super concentrated red light. Uh, and you, I've been using that directly on my neck. I just started that about a week ago. And so that just helps um, create that healing response. And it, it's a really good complement to prolotherapy. So... I guess my whole point is in talking about this is, uh, you know, it's like, I think if we can find, we can, as a society, if we can start finding these balances between, you know, the, the modern medicine, Western medicine approach, which is, you know, as you probably know, it, it's looking at symptoms. It's very disjointed. It doesn't look at the whole body. It's, you know, medication first. It's, um, it, it doesn't, take into consideration that there are a lot of other methods out there that can um, help in ways that don't have as as many detrimental side effects or issues for people. Um, and, you know, if, imagine if we had like red light therapy or some of these other alternative modalities or even prolotherapy that like <laughs> these aren't covered by insurance. Um, it's all out of pocket. But imagine if we did you know, I think our society, if we could start looking at these alternative modalities that are scientifically proven to be effective, uh, that would be a game changer, you know, for us as humans. I think that's probably the way of the future. Uh, but first we have to, we have to dismantle the broken system, uh, the healthcare system that's in place, which is, I know better than most people how broken that is. Uh, it shouldn't take somebody... 35 years to be diagnosed with a genetic disease that affects your whole body, right? Um, yeah, that's my little soapbox for that. But I, it also, I wanted to kind of talk about how that relates to quantum hypnosis because, uh, you know, my, one of the main reasons why I've been doing, I, I started doing this quantum hypnosis and did sessions for myself was to find out like, okay, what's, what's wrong, what's wrong with me? And, uh, you know, my higher self, my past self, they've given me a lot of information about kind of the, um, below the surface causes for some of these, you know, these issues. And, you know, it's been interesting to kind of dissect that now, knowing that, you know, I didn't know then what I know now which is I have names for all these issues that I have and actual real like root causes that are in the physical, right? Not just metaphysical. And so, you know, I've been kind of on this <laughs> um, deep dive maybe in my own work of trying to figure out, you know, how reliable is the information that comes from 
these other entities when it comes to our physical health. Uh, you know, in, in the QHHT method, which is Dolores Cannon's official method, it's, it's not really hers, it's her daughter's. She's running that program. You know, they say that, and, and it's similar in BQH, which is what I did. Oh, that was my trainings beyond quantum healing, which is that, um, you know, it's like, oh, you can heal anything. You can heal anything with hypnosis. You can go in and uh, talk to the subconscious and or the higher self. You know, they, they just kind of call it something different. And uh, to find out the root cause and heal anything in your body, right? That's this kind of like broad statement that has been made. And I was really hoping that was true. You know, I, I did my own sessions that explored these things and, and tried to do the, the healing during the sessions, right? But uh, some things did spontaneously, you know, quantum leap style heal, but they but they weren't <laughs> weren't the big things. They were smaller things, right? And I, I got a lot of um, good advice from my past self, and even uh, you know, I think one of the most interesting things which I mentioned before is that when I had my very first session, and or you know my uh, during the, there's like a healing portion of the session where there's a healing meditation. And the image that I kept seeing the whole time was of my, my body. And it was, uh, it was a, there was like a scan. It was, it was like a, a visual of a, a scan that was like a light scan going up and down my body. And it focused right on my neck, on the, um, top part of my neck at my atlas, which is the, the most unstable part of my neck, which I didn't know at the time. And it was like this light was like, it was showing me this, the spot where, which is the root of all of my health issues, right? Is, is because of this instability. And so it was showing me and like scanning it with this light. And it wasn't until later that I put two and two together and I found out, you know, that I have, um, cervical instability. It was like, oh, that's what that's what my guides and my past self were trying to show me, but they weren't really able to verbalize that. Um, so, you know, it's, I definitely, I probably wouldn't have figured all this out if it weren't for hypnosis because the, I had so many amazing clues from that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I wasn't able to reverse a genetic condition. And also, you know, they, my past self told me, okay, the reason why you have this is because of all of this stuff that happened in your life and, and you being able to, you know, having a hard time adjusting to being on earth. And I definitely think that's um, highly probable that there that's a big factor in it, right? We know that stress, uh, stress affects the body in a very, very destructive way. So I'm absolutely certain that that's part of the problem. But there are also all these other issues, you know, that contributed to to my health issues. And so what makes it even more interesting and I guess confusing is that the jury is out on whether or not I inherited this condition or not. Um, you know, there's, there's nobody in my family that... Uh, comes before me that seems to have had it. So who knows if, um, you know, my, the, the stress from this lifetime and my, the stress from my past lifetime and being on earth and all this stuff uh, affected my, my genes 
uh, at some point in this lifetime. And that, you know, it turned on that gene that was acting up. Uh, or if I inherited it from somebody and maybe, you know, the, the stress caused that gene to start, um, you know, to get activated and, and turned on. You know, there's a book called uh, Dirty Genes. It's very interesting. It talks about how, you know, when you have genetic mutations, they can kind of turn on and off depending on what environmental and internal stressors are in your life. So it's hard to say. Hypnosis can be a huge help, a huge way to start getting answers, but the answers are only as good as the entity that you are uh, channeling or, you know, that your practitioner is consulting with. Um, Because my past self, you know, that came through in my first session, if you haven't heard this, it's session number uh, or episode number 26. But when he came through... You know, that he's like a, that's like 50, 50 million years ago on a distant planet, you know, and, and although that, that fractal of my soul is very much um, there and knowledgeable, he's still not working off the same information that maybe I'm working off of or that, um, I don't know, maybe an, another entity might know about, right? Like he he only know was able to articulate what he knew as this other fractal of myself. So you can't always expect the the higher self or another entity to actually have all the answers or have complete answers. They only know what they know. And so <laughs> me and all these other fractals of myself are all, you know, just kind of like, fumbling around in the dark trying to figure out what's going on but that's why you know hypnosis can help but I I don't think it's safe to say that you can cure anything with hypnosis in the physical body or find the root cause to anything like I've heard horror stories in my um like quantum healer group that I'm in or you know of people going off of medications and things because their higher self said you know, oh, your cancer's cured, or whatever. Uh, you know, it's like you have to find that middle ground, right? It's with this black and white thinking, you have to find this middle ground of of being able to advocate for yourself. Um, you know, finding different approaches between uh, natural or alternative medicine and modern medicine, as well as you know, going within to find out maybe some of the spiritual or metaphysical causes of some of the issues you have, because it's, um, you know, whether it's doesn't have to be physical health, whether it's physical health, mental health, uh, spiritual health, right? The more uh, approaches you can use, the better. And part of that is is developing your skill of discernment and intuition, right? That's going to be the number one thing that will help you. Uh, you know, when you are working on any sort of healing, right? So I guess that was my long <laughs> way tangent life update thing, but I thought there were some nuggets of wisdom in there. 
you know, I thought it was relevant to talk about since, you know, as I'm uh, teaching folks in quantum hypnosis certification um, about how to practice hypnosis, you know, I'm kind of doing an audit of, of how, um, how effective is quantum hypnosis at healing the physical, right? We, we know that it is highly reliable in recalling past lives, future lives, time in between lifetimes, you know, in the astral realm, as well as memories from current lifetimes that maybe have been repressed, right? Uh, as a regressive technique, it is very, very reliable. And I have 100% confidence in that. But, you know, I'm maybe the way that I teach things that might be different from QHHT or BQH is just less of an emphasis on um, physical healing. Not that it is to be avoided completely, but, um, you know, I'm never going to make a claim that, you know, I can cure your cancer through hypnosis because I don't think that's ethical. I, I only, if I have confidence, 100% confidence, I, you know, I will, I will endorse its use for, you know, these other purposes such as past lifetime, off-planet exploration, things like that. But And as well as emotional healing. It's great for emotional healing, energy, uh, moving energy in the body, blockages, all that stuff it's awesome for. Um, but I just, I just want to be transparent and, and realistic. And, uh, you know, I, I, was, I think it's, it might, might be helpful to hear kind of where I've, how far I've come and where I've been and what's helped, what's not since, uh, you know, uncovering all the stuff in that uh, past life session where my higher self uh, disclosed to me or my past self really disclosed to me that I'm a starseed. So enough of that. I want to move on to some of the energetic and karmic signatures of different uh, galactic civilizations. So this, this actually comes from my course, um, Business Alchemy for Starseeds. So you're getting this for free today. But um, I explain kind of the different karmic themes of galactic lineage in there. So I think one of the, one of the most frustrating things for me is when people come to me and they say, oh, I was looking up you know, all these different starseed types online and different planets and things. And I really resonate with this one, or I really, you know, I feel like this one is me, right? And, and the, there's no problem with doing that, right? That's how I, that's how most people get, start learning about starseeds, right? It's a Google search. But I've said this before, but the, the information out there is sometimes gobbledygook, <laughs> depending on who wrote it, where it's coming from. Uh, because, you know, for example, I was reading, uh, you know, before I knew I was a Lyran, I was reading about um, Lyrans because I was just reading all different types of galactic things before I knew who I was and what I was. And I remember some of the traits that I kept seeing over and over again were like, oh, your uh, Lyrans are, are physically 
they're uh they're tall and they're great athletes and like all this stuff and I was kind of like well that's definitely not me uh, but also skeptical you know of that information and what I found is that you know the the way you can really tell what star lineage you or some of you know is I mean they're it's very nuanced, but uh, what is more helpful is more of looking at karmic themes and certain uh, traits that I just kind of notice. Uh, I'm getting, you know, I'm pretty good at reading people's energy and, and knowing what somebody is now um, because I'm able to kind of tune into their energy. And some of the karmic themes that they're experiencing. So when I say karmic themes, that would that means like things that you are working on in this lifetime, things that you're struggling with, uh, because there are a lot of similarities between some of these civilizations. So I'm just going to kind of go through the main civilizations that we are involved in Earth, right? Um, so I'll start with Pleiades. So when I encounter somebody who is Pleiadian, there's usually some dead giveaways. Um, well, one of them is from an energy standpoint, Pleiadians are, they have a very kind of like soft, gentle energy. They have huge hearts. And well, I guess this personality stuff too. I'm just going to lump it all together, I guess. You know, they have a tendency to see the world through rose-colored glasses. It's like they see the best in everyone. They believe the, you know, that the world can be a good place, at least when they're younger. Sometimes they get jaded, right? Uh, but the kind of shadow aspect of that is that uh, sometimes they get walked all over. So next, let's talk about, hmm, what should I talk about next? Orion is coming to mind. So Orion starseeds, when I meet them, uh, these are not the negative Orion starseeds, okay? So, you know, the Orion is known for having uh, some negative factions, right? And they're kind of the negative force in our galaxy. And so the Orion starseeds that I encounter... I can, they're a little trickier to pinpoint, but when I, when I pick up on it, it's like so obvious. So Orion's are going to be, their energy is very kind of fiery, kind of, kind of like a Lyran, but they are going to be, they've got this like warrior spirit and warrior heart. They usually don't have as many issues here on earth as far as like feeling too sensitive or feeling like earth is too much for them um, because they've been through so much in their own star system that earth is kind of like a, a walk in the park <laughs> so um, they are they're just they're I see a lot of them who are um, very disciplined very like either physically active or um, or maybe it's that they're like very focused um they're driven maybe that's the word but they are going to be not you know pleiadians are 
a huge contrast to them because they are a lot more sensitive, right? Uh, but Orions are, are going to be a little bit more fiery, maybe warrior-y. <laughs> and yeah, they've just, they've been through so much and it's hard to, it's hard to describe the energy. Um, intense, that's the word. They have a very intense energy, not intense in a bad way, just very intense. So next, let's talk about Lyrans since that came up. Uh, so Lyrans are similar in a sense to the Orions because uh, they, they're very fiery too. They're very dynamic, very driven. They have a lot of energy brewing inside of them. Um, they're much more on the kind of like masculine um, energy type as are Orions. And so Lyra's are also very old souls. So, you know, because Lyra is kind of the original planet in our galaxy with life on it. Um, I mean, that that planet itself, not Ly Lyra is a constellation, but, um, you know, they're the home planet, which has been called, I've heard different names for it, Avion, Avalon, or uh, Egoria. I don't know about Egoria, but I have heard that, so I'm just going to put that out there. But yeah, they're, but also Lyrans have kind of a more heaviness, uh, sturdiness to them. They're going to be fiery and driven, but they are um, not as much as like a warrior vibe. They're going to be a little more stoic, maybe. All right, let's move on to Zeta Starseeds. So, sorry, my, my cat is sitting on my lap and he's like rubbing up against the microphone. <laughs> um, Kingsley, that was not necessary. So... Zetas, remember Zetas are not, uh, I, I think a lot of people think of Zetas as bad. However, that is not the case. Uh, if you haven't listened to the episode with Anru about the Zetas, I would recommend listening to it. It's really informative and fascinating. Uh, remember Zetas are the kind of bulk of them who are associated with their their star system are going to be the more positively oriented Zetas. And, you know, they they have, you know, they're, they've gone through their own awakening and maturation as a society. Whereas, you know, during the kind of crisis time on their planet, many Zetas kind of broke off and kind of went rogue. <laughs> they went to either Orion or um, kind of operated... Uh, independently as like space pirates essentially so those are going to be the negatively oriented zetas so when i'm talking about zeta star seeds i'm talking about the positively uh, oriented zeta star seeds and many um positively oriented zeta star seeds their future incarnations are going to be uh Esasani. i don't know if i've really talked about this before but the Esasani, they are um Zeta human hybrids, it's kind of like where we are moving toward on Earth. We're going to be eventually in future Earth, we're going to be a uh, planet of, of hybrids because star people will be able to walk among us again. Um, <clears throat> back like back in the Atlantan Lemurian days. 
where was I going with this? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Zeta star scenes. Yeah, a lot of them are going to have future Asasani incarnations. Um, and they, the kind of karmic theme that these Zetas struggle with is usually going to be along the lines of emotions. Um, being, having a connection to their emotional body because uh, this is something that as a species that was kind of their big their downfall and what they had to learn how to do um, as a species is reconnect the, to their emotions so that is something that oftentimes i see zetas uh you know zeta star seeds uh, emotions are a big theme for them and it's usually you know learning how to connect to them after being disconnected or possibly uh, themes around family because the Zetas, they basically had to relearn as a species how to to procreate, how to have a family, how to nurture young, um, you know, from a biological standpoint and a, an emotional standpoint. So those are just kind of common themes. They're kind of going to be more analytical, uh, less emotional type of people. Now let's move to Sirius. So Syrians, Syrians are kind of, I just find them to be kind of all over the place as far as personalities go. They are oftentimes drawn to uh, professions that are maybe more like technical professions, just kind of what, from what I have seen you know, like architecture, engineering, uh, things like that. That is not always the case, however. Syrians just really kind of range the, you know, there's, there, I haven't really nailed down like a typical Syrian energy. I can usually pick up on if somebody is Syrian uh, based off of, you know, any sort of, you know, I'm talking to somebody during a reading or something. If they have special interests in um, ancient civilizations, for example, because Syrians were the main ones involved in, um, you know, Atlantis, Lemuria, Sumer, um, Mexico, you know, all of the all of the places that have ancient civilizations. So, so if I see that type of interest, oftentimes, I. See you know, I suspect that that person is serious. Uh, I mean, Syrian. And so then when we, you know, pull some cards, we often see that. But their personalities are pretty wide ranging. Um, I don't see a whole lot of consistency with Syrian energy compared to the typical Lyran energy or the Orion energy or um, Pleiadian energy, if that makes any sense. Uh, probably also because their species is, is quite there's quite a range of you know there's series a series b series c there's a lot of syrians out there with very wide backgrounds and i find that a lot of people who are syrian they also have been through other civilizations too which kind of maybe waters down the the energy if that makes any sense and lastly i will talk about the vega energy so you can think of Vega as the feminine, um, not version, feminine polarity, maybe, of 
of the Lyra colonies. So, you know, if you if you look out at the constellation of Lyra right now, you'll see Vega is in that constellation. Uh, of course, the stars are, are different than they were millions of years ago. But uh, Vega is kind of one of the the next uh, original colonies after Lyra. You know, after the war, the Lyrans spread out, went to the Pleiades, went to Vega, went to Orion. And so <clears throat> those in Vega are going to be, I, I tend to see more kind of feminine energy there. They're going to be more the introspective spiritual type. Um, a lot of the mysticism that we see here on earth stems from vegan mysticism. They're kind of the keepers of um, spiritual knowledge in our galaxy, if if that makes sense. And so uh, a lot of People who are drawn to certain spiritual modalities, I tend to suspect they're from Vega, such as sound healing. Uh, and, you know, I kind of see that come come up often. They are going to be just more toned down than, than Lyra, right? If, if Lyra is masculine, Vega is feminine. It's kind of just, they when they founded Vega, from my understanding, they found it in this feminine principle uh, intentionally. So I, I tend to see personalities that are, are going to be maybe less forceful and more calming and nurturing, a little bit more like the Pleiadian energy. I don't know if you can hear my cat right now. <laughs> his, his paws on my chest and his uh, purr motor is literally an inch away from the mic. I don't know what he is doing. He just really wants to be here and participate. He heard me talking about Lyra. <laughs> this guy, he's 15 and he, uh, random tangent again, I took him to the vet uh, a couple weeks ago just to get him a, a senior kitty checkup because he hasn't been to the vet in a while and he's just always healthy. So, you know, it's kind of like no reason to, but they ran tons of labs on him just to check him out and they said this is the they were this vet was so surprised because it was the best um senior kitty lab results they have seen in years because he's like 15 he's not stopping he's my buddy i've had him for so long since i was in college anywho those are the civilizations the main ones. Um, you may be wondering why I didn't mention Atlantis or Lemuria. The reason why is because uh, they are kind of blips in time in comparison to these other civilizations. Remember, no, there's nobody, I wouldn't say there's anybody who started out in Atlantis or who whose soul started out in Lemuria. You know, they came from another civilization before um, going to these. So so there's less of like a, an energetic signature associated with them, I found. Um, you also may have noticed I left out Andromeda and uh, Andromedans and Arcturians. And that is because I don't really come across them very often. Um, you know, Andromeda has not been super duper involved in earth i i just don't tend to see a whole lot of andromedan star seeds 
uh, Arcturians as well. You know, there are certainly Arcturians here on Earth, but um, they, they're really few and far between. Everybody kind of wants to be Arcturian. Or you know, uh, there are a lot of people who have a very strong connection with Arcturus um, and Arcturian energy. And Arcturians certainly uh, are involved in Earth and help out a lot. But think of them as like, think of them as like the A team, right? Most of the the people on Earth right now are going to be more like B teamers, you know, myself included. Um, but the Arcturians are just so uh, highly advanced and evolved that they don't, they don't, they're not necessarily the ones doing the the work on the on the ground. If that makes any sense they're they're going to be doing more high level stuff uh, maybe in the federation or doing other sorts of jobs if that makes any sense all right so i think that's all i wanted to talk about in my long and rambly uh podcast <laughs> episode i could probably talk about other things but uh i think i'll leave leave things here for now um, next week, I am planning on coming in with another hypnosis session. Those tend to take a very long time to edit. Um, and I love, love, love editing hypnosis sessions. I love re-listening to them. I love playing them. I love talking about them. Those are my favorite ones to play on the podcast. Um, but they they are a little more time intensive. And I am currently playing a big game of catch up because of winter break, which wasn't much of a break. I will tell you that. So I can't wait to connect with you guys again next week. And in the meantime, uh, you can get, uh, I'll just remind you of a couple things. You can get on my uh, wait list for quantum hypnosis certification for next year. That is uh, not next year, next, uh, next round, which will be in the spring, probably late spring. And that is on my website, starseedawakener.com slash QHC. You can also go uh, on my website to book a reading if you'd like. I love doing readings with folks. You know, we really kind of get into this stuff that I talked about today. Um, Galactic heritage, soul, purpose, things like that. And I love meeting you guys. It's just, it's just so nice. So fun. Uh, Tuesdays, I do tell all Tuesdays on Instagram. So if you're not following me on Instagram, go ahead and follow me there and you can submit questions to me, which I, um, I post the, the answers anonymously in my stories. I love doing that. It's a lot of fun for me. And, uh, yeah, got, got hypnosis sessions. You can work with me one-on-one. I am accepting all forms of of uh, work, I guess, that we can do together. And I will see you next time. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Starseed Awakening podcast. If you are ready to become a quantum healer and learn this powerful spiritual technology to take it out into the world and help others, visit my website, thestarseedawakener.com slash QHC to sign up for the next round. See you soon.